Adrian, uh, how much do you believe in all this AI bullshit that's coming out? You know, I've been uh, suspicious, and the uh, the strippers now working on the metaverse are now making more money than I do. So, uh, is it time? It has to be working. Is it is it time that we do it? I think it's time that I pull out my stripper name and <laughs> I start getting down. <laughs> well, I can tell you the one wave of the future that I'm not looking forward to. Um, there's an article that I did find on Instagram. I'm sure a lot of people have seen this because it's been popping up fucking everywhere, but a pet fish has committed credit card fraud on owner using a Nintendo Switch. Uh, How how do you think that's even possible, right? (laughs) How how is that even possible? Explain how the fish is capable of, of committing credit card fraud. On the surface, it seems innocent, but a Japanese YouTuber named, I'm going to, I'm not even going to say his name. We're just going to call him M, set up a webcam to monitor his fish in a fishbowl and used motion tracking software to see if the fish could play the game Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. However, during a live stream, the game crashed and without M present to fix the issue, the system continued registering inputs from the fish. The fish managed to register the correct sequence of inputs to add 500 yen to M's account from his credit card that was saved on the Switch, while also exposing his credit card information to everyone watching. The fish continued to cause chaos for 7 hours before M was able to power down the Switch and contact Nintendo for a refund of his 500 yen, which they did grant. Can you believe that shit? Just think of being the customer service for Nintendo that gets that phone call saying, <laughs> I know this is going to sound weird, but my fish committed credit card fraud. Uh, I definitely did not just purchase 500 yen that I did not have. It was my pet goldfish. Uh, what, what do you even say? I, You're like, this, this is a load of shit, right? <laughs> like, I'm surprised Nintendo even fell for that. You know, honestly, what th- what that tells me is that n- whatever Nintendo is doing, they know they're fucking frauds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that just like uh, whenever you go to the bank after some fucking uh, outside country tries taking over your credit card, and uh, you're like, "Well, I didn't have these charges," and the bank just like approves it. Yes. And you're like, hmm, no, no questions asked. That, that, that nine hundred dollar couch that I bought, I wonder if uh, I could get away with that. Yeah, yeah, that fucking fifteen dollar pack of gum I had to purchase in California. Uh, did did you hear that in California it rained so much that it could cover two inches or water would cover two inches of the entire state of California? I thought it was two feet from this last rainstorm. It, it could possibly two, be two feet. Is it only two inches? I thought it was two inches to cover the entire state of California. We're talking about a very big Very, state. very large. Very large. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what is full of two feet. Welcome back, Purgators, to Stuck in This Purgatory. My name is Chase, and joining me in Purgatory is the one and only KFA. Hello. Uh, we do not have Hunter today. He has some um, lovely travel plans that he did not include us in, which would have been real fucking nice, Hunter, if you would have allowed us on the beach with you, but no. Adrian and I are stuck I here in the fucking snow. leave this cold state. Yes. It's going to be one degree on Monday. And he's going to be sipping fucking mimosas and strawberry daiquiris on the goddamn beach, just twiddling his little third leg. You know, I I hope that he goes and buys a little fucking, what are those, surfboard things? Those wake, whatever they are. Oh, the wakeboards? Yeah, I hope he goes to surf the fucking wake that comes in, and there's just one rogue wave that comes in and smacks his ass in the ground, and he gets a bunch of sand up his nose. You know... I actually hope during this one week 
uh, alien comes down oh. and it's abduct ab- abducts him and he gets just anally fucked and probed for about three days and then he could enjoy the rest of his vacation you know I like that that do his due diligence I, I do, I you know, that would be a pretty cool story, but I would also be very afraid of him coming back and being full of radiation. Um, that would not be good for anybody. <laughs> we stand too close proximity to each other when we do this shit. You know, that is very true. Uh, we're, we're just quarantining him. You, that, oh, that's the thing. yes. Call the, call the CDC. The man, we got a man on the loose. So, speaking of Alien, I want you to type this in first, Adrian, so you can get a an awesome picture of what we're about to talk about. Okay. So gr- I'm prepared. Groot slang. G R O O T S L A N G. Groot slang. The Groot slang. Again, this is the superstitions book that we're starting everything off with. So the Groot slang from South Africa is uh it's from the Richardsvelf cave in South Africa comes a story of the giant serpent Grootslang. The name Grootslang comes from the Africans, the primary language of South Africa, and means great snake. Stories of this monster go back centuries, describing a creature with the body of a snake and the head of an elephant. The skin is grayish-green and scaly, and the eyes are a combination of elephant and snake eyes. It also possesses elephant ears and a strange cobra-like hood. They exhibit venomous elephant tusks and cobra fangs. Like Mamlabo, the Groot Sling have been depicted in ancient cave pictures or paintings sorry, in the region. Legend states that the Groot Sling was the result of a mistake by the gods. When they realized that the monster they had created was too ferocious to live in the world, they split the creature into two distinct species of elephants and snakes. However, the original creature could not be killed and it escaped becoming the source for all Groot Sling birthed later. The creature lives in herds, with the mothers and babies staying together for years while solo males drift away to establish their own herds. Groot Sling live in a cave with no bottom, literally. No one knows where the cave system ends, and the caves have not been fully mapped. Legend states that the cave is full of diamonds, which the animals zealously guard. If you are cornered by a Groot Sling, you might be able to bargain for your life if you are carrying a sufficient stash of gems that the creature finds acceptable to trade for your life. Groot slang are omnivorous, like humans, and seem to bear no ill will beyond their thirst for diamonds. Can, can you please tell me what the cave is is called? Uh, the, there was no name for the cave. So it's a, the, it's a bottomless the, cave system. Okay, then KFA fact check here. Ooh. <laughs> The cave is known as the Wonder Hole. Or the <laughs> bottomless... Hold up, hold up. This is even better. <laughs> or the bottomless pit. Okay. So I, I feel like you have a Groot Slang going on. In my butthole? Yep. Do you think that maybe that is the exit? <laughs> <laughs> it quite possibly might be. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm not shitting blood diamonds right now. So <laughs> when, when that changes, I will for sure let you know. Oh, please do. Maybe that's what you need to call your ding-dong. <laughs> the gro- the Groochling? <laughs> it is venomous. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> How do you know? What? Uh, wait. Y- yeah. What? Yeah, wait, what? How do you know it's venomous? <laughs> We, we don't talk about that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I see how it is. <laughs> we only look towards the future. <laughs> Did you look at those pictures? Yes, they're fucking hilarious, dude. They're elephant heads. That's what it. That's what it looks like to me. It's just an. It, it's an elephant head with a snake body. That's literally all it is. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking at this one picture, and it's a Ghostbusters World Hub. It literally looks. There's a Groot Slank creature, and it is like it has attack stats, defense stats. It's a level A heroic character, but only has two stars. I don't know what fucking game this is, but uh, someone's making a game with Groot Slang in it. <laughs> I I need to play it. Like, I need to play it now. Yes, yes, whatever that is. The fantastical superstition Battlegrounds game. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, it looks kind of, uh, it looks kind of alien-esque, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, did you know in 1948 
that actually had real sightings of the Groose Link. No. And it, it's been reported from almost all of the Orange River, which rises in the Lesotho, Frankensburg, sure. <laughs> and flows west across Africa. Really? Yep. Are there like pictures and shit of this? Uh, no. Once again, we're talking about 1948. Oh, man. You gotta, you gotta send me that shit. Let's see. There, there's actually some documents on the sightings. So, a guy named Archivist Revenant H.C.V. Lee Brandt, who was born and raised on the Orange River, claimed to have had a possible personal group slang encounter, in which locals showed him a spot on the river where one had been resting. There was a clear impression of a great body, for the reeds had been flattened. However, there was there were still elephants in those parts. They may have been responsible. So I think this guy is literally saying that elephants and snakes bred together. So so we have oh my god. This reminds me of uh fucking South Park in like one of the very first episodes when they have a science project. And Stan, Kyle, uh, Kenny, and Cartman were like, what are we going to do? And Cartman has his pig fluffy. Uh, and then they find some elephant. And they're like, we're going to make the elephant and the pig breed and make some combination of these two. Well, funny that you bring up school because one afternoon, a group of school children, including Frederick Cornell, were swimming in a river as they used to do. When suddenly they saw a very large black snake swimming stubbornly against the tide. With the snake pricked up out of the water, the reptile was almost in the middle of the current, some distance from them. It was impossible to determine how he swam, if it was by means of legs or undulating movements of the body. We all got dressed in a hurry and went home to tell the adults what they had seen. Here in the story... His father and neighbor, Wolf Levy, grabbed their guns and bounded, bounded in a rowboat in pursuit of the animal. They could still clearly see it advancing upstream. Before they could catch it with him, the mysterious creature disappeared among the rocks and islets, and they did not see him again. Dude, that, these <laughs> we could do an episode on this Groot Slang, man. <laughs> oh, God damn. Okay, right. we're marking this shit down. We're going to do a Groot Slang episode. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm reading the theories now. This is dope. I'm down. We need to stop here then because it's not this episode is not about the Groot Slang. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chase, you tell me what this episode is about. Well, we always knew that you guys would finally break down and give in to what I truly wanted to talk about all along. So what is we're going to put a disclaimer. Whatever stories come in the next few weeks, be prepared for complete nonsense and intrigue. Now, we're going to talk about the most chilling, well, I should say one of the most, all UFO sightings are chilling. So, a chilling UFO sightings that started the conspiracy of theory of aliens. The Barn, Betty and Barney Hill alien abduction. Is it chasing us? Uh, <laughs> is it chasing us? Um, to this day, obviously, it is still chasing us if we're looking towards the skies for aliens. You know, there's, there, <laughs> No matter what, before before we get in, how about before we get into the the crazy nonsense of the alien paranoia paranoia, we we just say what we truly believe. And I, I started off because no matter what people will think about aliens, uh, you have to group them as such. Do you think that they're advanced and they're so intelligent that they're able to just fly through space and look at other planets or do you just think an alien is uh, another living being on a different planet Uh, and i i truly think we have such a big universe and so many other universes and everything else and different planets there there has to be some kind of living form on on one of those planets we can't be the only lucky in a million planet where our Dumbasses are walking across the street and living our daily lives. So, do you, to your point though, do you think that 
I mean, obviously, there has to be. In this fucking massive black hole of a galaxy that we have, and not universe, the universe that we have, there has there has to be alien life out there. And whether that's, you know, just fruit growing on another planet, or if that's physical beings that are walking around and interacting with each other. And it, basically, the theory of alien is that anything that is not familiar to us is alien. So do you think that there are aliens with such high tech that they are able to travel through space and time? Because keep in mind, like, I don't know how fucking how many light years Mars is away from us, but if you were on Mars and you, let's just say it was eight light years, then that means it would take the, the, the time and space theory would take eight years for whatever is happening now to show up on that planet. Yes. So you th- you think that aliens can time travel, not time travel, but travel through space and time and check I, out other I, places? I don't believe so, but, I mean, there's compelling evidence as well as really uh, awful evidence. Towards <laughs> Mostly <laughs> awful, let's be real. Yes, awful, but, uh, I mean... You, you would never know. I mean, no one's ever going to know until they are faced with that situation where they they are seeing it firsthand. Yeah, and, I mean, until we um, have a fucking spacecraft land on our planet and interact with our people. Oh, 100%. I mean, we, we could look up in the sky and be like, oh, I don't know what that is. But the government will just tell us one thing or the other. They will- I mean, I wish I wish I was important enough to be in those conversations. Yeah, you know, the thing about that is, well, I don't even want to get down the government side because that is a whole fucking wormhole that we don't need to fucking talk about. Um, I do believe that there are aliens with advanced technology because if you think about it, if you go based off the theory of the, the Big Bang and how we are continuously expanding, then that means that whatever is beyond us, again, using that reference of Mars, that's eight light years away, they could theoretically be eight years ahead of us. So if you have a planet who's 500,000 years ahead of us, who, who fucking knows? Because we, we would never be able to find that out. Their technology, their civilization could be so old, they could be taking over galaxies, not just fucking planets. And but able, possibly, but, and able but to... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. My bad. And going back to what we talked about in a previous episode of how the theory for us is basically like if you lay out uh, basically a 2D model or even a 3D model where it's a plane and you're able to drop something in the center of that plane to close the gl- the gap of the two outside points while still maintaining the same distance. I think it's possible. I think it's possible that you could have fucking aliens out there, alien life forms and ships blasted through our fucking time and space and coming through to see what the fuck is going on on other planets. Because you know good goddamn well, if we were in that position, we'd be doing it. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's just the curiosity. But also, what what makes people believe? I mean, we we could have a whole episode of me and you just bringing up new, new and new <laughs> options. So how about we just go into the Betty and Barney Hill abduction? <laughs> and we tell you guys what really captivated the hearts and minds of at least the American people into the new alien conspiracy. I, I am, you know what? Great idea, Adrian. Let's do that. Yeah, because you know damn well, me and you could sit here for 45 <laughs> minutes and have very well con- To be fair, we've already had almost 21 minutes of just debate about this, so. <laughs> well, you can't for, forget the group slang and just slanging his elephant dick around. Okay, okay, fine. 15 minutes already of conversation about aliens? <laughs> Well, so with, go ahead. with further ado, Chase will tell us the Betty and Barney Hill alien abduction. Is it chasing us? That thought coursed through Betty and Barney Hill's minds as they drove down the empty, winding country road in New Hampshire's White Mountains. It was a September night in 1961. They hadn't seen a car for miles, and a strange light in the sky seemed to follow them. When they finally got home to Portsmouth at dawn, they were far from relieved. They felt dirty. Their minds stopped working. Barney's shoes were strangely scuffed, and Betty's dress was ripped. 
There were two hours of the drive that neither one of them could remember. But what had happened? With the help of a psychiatrist, the quiet couple eventually revealed a startling story. Gray beings with large eyes had walked them into a metallic disc as wide. Betty said as her house was long. Once inside, the beings examined the couple and erased their memories. The Hills road trip was spontaneous. A well-earned break Barney decided the couple needed, as, as explained in The Interrupted Journey, a 1966 book they collaborated on with author John G. Fuller. Barney worked a grueling night shift at the post office, driving 16 miles away. Betty's job handling state child welfare cases was not any easier. The little free time this biracial couple had was devoted to their church and activities related to the civil rights movement. Now, Chase, before you continue, I feel like a lot of these alien abduction cases, at least in, in the early you know, 1960s to about the 1990s, all of these people were just devoted to the church. I feel like in every one of these cases. So make sure to put like a little keynote in when we continue with these stories, because these are just like people that are like love God. And I feel like aliens do not cross in between religion and belief. Um, I could see that. Although again, you could take it back to like, if you're a God fearing man or woman, you're probably looking up to the sky, looking for your God or if angels or some shit are coming down. Cause you might, in that kind of a religious situation, you, you might confuse an actual, you know, big eye gray alien being we think is from planet Dickdorf could be an alien or not an alien. I mean, an angel. Possibly until they put the anal probe in you. <laughs> until, uh, like, whoa, 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 like, you, you made me. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not know what's inside me already? It's like, oh, it's it's our century year checkup. <laughs> Just want to see sure. how you guys are developing. Just want to make sure our investments are, are still growing. Oh, God. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> After 16 months of marriage, Betty and Barney saw this trip through Montreal and Niagara Falls as their delayed honeymoon. They left so impulsively they had no time to go to the bank before it closed for the weekend. They got in their car with less than $70 in their pocket. To be fair, back in what is this, 1966, we said? Yeah. Uh, that is a lot 61. of fucking 61. That's a lot of fucking money. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was writing these notes and reading through it, I was like, 70 bucks? Right. Man, how nice would it be to be like, hey, guys, I kind of want to go on a road trip. You want to go? I got 70 bucks. Like, like, oh, yeah, that's enough. That's going to be fucking epic. Now it's like, well, <laughs> we can get to the state line. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I, I could go to dinner maybe once. Oh, I've got other services I can extort for money. We know. <laughs> um, um, what? I said, unfortunately. <laughs> On the last night of their three-day trip, the tired couple sipped coffee in a Vermont diner to recharge before driving back. Barney figured if they pushed through, they could beat the wind and rains from an approaching hurricane. They left the diner around 10 p.m., estimating they could reach the red-framed house in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. at the latest. As they drove, strange light in the sky gave another reason to hurry. At first, it looked like a falling star, but grew larger and brighter with each mile. Barney, an avid plane watcher and World War II vet, was sure they had nothing to worry about. It's just a satellite, he assured Betty. It probably went off course. The light seemed to move with the car as Barney steered down the curve, curving mountain road. The light zigged and zagged, ducking past the moon and behind trees and mountain ridges, only to reappear moments later. Sometimes it seemed to move toward them in a game of cat and mouse. It had to be an illusion, they thought. Maybe the car's movement made it seem like the light, too, was moving. Curiosity overcame them. The couple pulled over at road stops and picnic turnouts to get a closer look. Through binoculars, Betty saw that the white light was really an object spinning in the air. Barney, she told her husband, if you think that's a satellite or a star, you are being completely ridiculous. I, I like the voice. 
that was that was a good voice. <laughs> I've been working on it, you know. But it's it's funny. I've noticed myself like when I'm in the car with Becca or like just hanging out, and I start reading a story to her, I get like totally into the fucking character uh, reading aspect of it. <laughs> we got our next Tom Cruise. <laughs> really? Thanks, Dick. Oh, <laughs> uh, not Tom Cruise. What is it? It was uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Oh, sorry, my bad. My sorry, Tom Cruise. And sorry to Tom Hanks. Hey, it's okay. Tom Cruise has a tooth right in the center of his his body and just totally fucks his his whole face up. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Type it into your computer and say Tom Cruise smiling and look at his his tooth. I do Typically, not fucking believe this. Tom Cruise it, smiling. Yes, and look at his. It, it's his middle tooth. <laughs> It's on the top row. <laughs> right? It, you just don't look at him the same anymore. Oh, no, I will never be able to look at this man the same. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adrian, the ruiner of things. <laughs> I hope our listeners got a nice little laugh. Oh, my goodness. Well, he knew she was right. Barney had an IQ of 140, noted Fuller in his book. Barney was also a pragmatic man who wouldn't give flying saucers a second thought. Remembered his niece Kathleen Martyr in her work, captured the Betty and Barney Hill experience. The night was too quiet for a helicopter, a commercial plane, or even military jet with a hotshot pilot. He didn't want to spook Betty, but he was becoming concerned. What was this light, and why was it toying with them? I, I mean, let, let's let's look at it from our point of view, right? If if you and Becca went on a road trip and you guys were like, yeah, we'd, we'd start driving back home at midnight and for, you know, about 70 miles down the road, you're noticing just this light just continuing to follow you and you can't get rid of it. And you look, look through and you're like, what the fuck is that? And your Becca tells you. I think that thing is spinning and making some weird movements we've never seen before. But where, where would your mind go? If I had, if I didn't have a doubt in my mind that it was a fucking alien ship that was trailing my ass, I would jump out of my car, strip my clothes down, and say, "Take me away! I'm here for it. Don't even hesitate. I'm fucking here for it." You're like I prepared my whole life for this. I I brought the lube with me. <laughs> well. About 70 miles past the diner. How'd you know, Adrian? God, that's such a good, accurate I, description. I don't know. I, I just, you know, just shooting out of my ass. You're so good at this. The object, Sometimes you, you could hit it. <laughs> the object hovered just above the treetops, approximately 100 feet above them. Barney abruptly stopped the car, keeping the engine running. He shoved a handgun he'd hidden beneath the seat into his pocket and rushed into a dark field, leaving Betty in the car. That's fucked up. You don't do that shit. If there's a sketchy situation, you don't leave your fucking wife or girlfriend in the car while you go out trudging in the woods. Hey, you, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> hey, back then, the man had to be the man. The he wife got to sit. Yep. The wife got to get in the, you know, toaster warm car with the air still playing. Got the 60s jams going on. Oh, yeah. You got to go through the fucking woods. You got to trench through them. Uh, well, men were much better those days. <laughs> yep. Hey, equality. Equality. It helps out the, <laughs> helps out the men. <laughs> what he saw was as big as a jet, but as round and flat as a pancake. My God, what is this thing? He recalled thinking. This can't be real. Behind rows of windows, gray uniform beings seemed to look right at him. Barney recalled. He tried to lift his hand to his pistol, but somehow couldn't. A voice told him not to put down his binoculars. He had a startling thought. We're about to be captured. Yelling hysterically, he ran back to the car and barreled down the road as Betty tracked the craft, craning her head outside the car window. Without explanation, loud, rhythmic beeps sounded from the car's trunk. The couple felt instantly drowsy and lost consciousness. They came around two hours later and 35 miles down the road. Back home in Portsmouth, they tried to make sense of the night. Barney felt compelled to examine his body's lower half, but seemed aware of a puzzling presence. In the weeks and months after, 
Betty, an avid reader, checked out books from the library discovering the uh, discovering the Civilian UFO Group National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, the Nightcap. She also reported the sighting to the Air Force, worried about radiation. Interesting how people could get a hold of the Air Force so easily back in the day about this shit. Oh, man, it, it was like just making a friendly phone call. Right. Now, now you try calling the Air Force and you got to answer 10 million questions. And then somehow find yourself enlisted in the Army. I don't, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, I didn't sign, sign this paperwork. Whoa, bro. Like, yeah, you signed, you signed your life away. Uh, why, why am I in the middle of the fucking front lines with a gun in my hand now? This is strange. <laughs> in coming years, well, with Betty suffering from disturbing dreams and Barney developing an ulcer and anxiety, the couple sought mental help. The two met with Benjamin Simon, a psychiatrist and neurologist who specializes in hypnosis, a mainstream technique at the time. This is what's super interesting about all of the alien cases, is dealing with the radiation portion of it. And there's always some like weird-ass medical thing that happens to every person who's been abducted that no one can fucking explain. You remember watching the fucking Skinwalker Ranch episode and the dude's got the giant like bump on his head that no one can figure out how the fuck he got it? Yeah, and it just continues. And they're just like, they're taking them doctors. They're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. No one could explain. Weird shit. Through, it's okay. We'll we, we talk about that ranch. Yeah, we're getting to the ranch. You know we are. <laughs> Through months of weekly sessions, Simon helped the couple piece together what they think had happened. A vessel had landed on the hill's car, putting them to sleep. Afterward, gray beings walked them up a long ramp and into the spacecraft. Once inside, the hills were separated, taking turns in an examination room that had curved walls and a large light hanging from the ceiling. Each was asked to climb up on a metal table. The table was so short, Barney's legs hung over the side. During the examinations... The beans removed Betty and Barney's clothes, kinky, plucked uh-huh. strands of their hair, took clippings of their nails, and scraped their skin. Each sample was placed on a clear material, not unlike a glass slide. Needles connected to long wires probed their heads, arms, legs, and spines. One large needle, around four to six inches long, was inserted into Betty's belly. Man, that's massive. Woo, that's brutal, dude. Four to six inches? Oh, that, my God. That thing's huge. You know, and see, that's what's so funny about needles. Everybody thinks that's a really big needle. They don't think my dick's big when I say it's four to six inches. <laughs> that, that's what I was into that. <laughs> That's why I was like, man, that's huge. I, I was trying to give a shout out to the guys. That's above average, okay? <laughs> that is very above average. <laughs> this pregnancy test left her twisting in pain. Well, no shit. Throughout, a being Barney and Betty called the leader watched from the side. After Betty's examination ended, the beans rushed back into her room, excited. They discovered that Barney's teeth could be removed. Betty laughed. <laughs> Was that is that a good laugh? <laughs> Explaining that Barney had dentures, a fact of human aging the beans struggled to understand. <laughs> That's fucked up. That is fucked up. How funny is it? You you got these fucking super intelligent beans just looking at you like Man, you an old ass bitch. I can't even explain what's wrong with you. But this man's teeth can come out. How the fuck can he pull his teeth out? Uh, just think of the poor souls that got abducted by the same UFO, and they're they're like, "Oh, let's pull these teeth out," and they're like, "Wait." They're like, "Um, these ones aren't coming out as easy as the other ones. Go get the wrench." <laughs> poor fellow. Fucked up. Later, alone with the leader, Betty asked where the craft had flown, admitting she knew little of the universe. The being joked with her, saying, If you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am. Later, under hypnosis, 
She drew a star map shown to her on the ship. Have you ever seen When Mars Attacks, the movie? No. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, I can't even talk to you about it then because you have no fucking clue. You need to watch oh. you need to watch the movie. It is fucking okay. hilarious. It's got um goddamn what's what's that actor's name? The one from Back to the Back to the Future. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Um he's in it. He, there's a bunch of other actors and shit and uh there's a scene where they're up in the testing facility in the spaceship and like one of this these models heads got cut off and put on a chihuahua. The other dude's head oh. is completely his body is like uh ah fucking I can't remember. You need to watch it. It's fucking hilarious. No, it's the one movie, I think it's called Neighbor Neighborhood Watch or something about the aliens. And oh. they take over they take over uh the human bodies and uh at the end of the movie I think it's like Seth MacFarlane or someone like that is in the movie and they're like, Oh, we pee through our finger. Yes. And he, <laughs> <laughs> because we we may have an assumption on how our body, bodies work, but we don't know how the other uh, extraterrestrials work. No. I mean, everything could be fucking weird. Maybe it's just a form of osmosis through their entire body. Maybe they don't even have to eat. Uh, that's possible. Yes. So in, ni- in 1965, the Hill story was picked up by a Boston newspaper. After that, everything changed. The Quiet Couple's story became the subject of a best-selling book and a movie starring James Earl Jones. The upstanding civil servants had become celebrity abductees. Before Hill's story, alien encounters were friendly, according to Christopher Batter, a professor of sociology at California's Chapman University. Some aliens even lived on Earth and commuted back on weekends. (laughs) The reptilians, baby! They just want to get a nice little vacation in. They're just trying to get the American dream, baby. (laughs) But once the Hills... Yeah. But once the Hills story became better known, abduction accounts shared certain characteristics, such as medical examinations and missing time. Aliens with large heads and big eyes, dubbed greys in UFO circles, became classic sci-fi staples in personal accounts and pop culture. Close encounters of the third kind and shows like The X-Files. The Hill story and those that came after helped pave the way for a new understanding of human experience. Richard J. McNally, a Harvard psychologist, puts it this way. The alien abduction phenomenon, in my opinion, shows how sincere, non-psychotic individuals can develop beliefs about and false memories of incredible experiences that never happened. Isn't this the 1960s? Isn't everybody getting into fucking mad drugs right now? At this point, yes. Jeez. Expert? But you never know, right? Like hypnosis, I want to try it because I don't know where it puts your body. It has to put your body somewhere else. I refuse. If I go into hypnosis and then I come out of a trance and I got some some dude's dick in my mouth, I'm I'm shooting people. (laughs) Well, we all know whose dick will be in your mouth. (laughs) I'm fucking shooting people. Oh, you don't have yours is not big enough to put him out, so shut the fuck up. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey that's what two I thought. Two inches is average. Uh huh. Experts of all stripes have tried to explain why intelligent, otherwise mentally stable people came forward with these experiences. Many psychologists say sleep paralysis and hallucinations played a role. Leading questions during hypnosis, the main way most abductees unlock their stories could also have been a factor. Those who report abduction might also see the world a little differently. According to research, one of the strangest pre- predictors predictors according yes. to research, one of the strangest predictors of false recall is a vivid imagination. This group scores high in magical ideation and is more likely to believe in ghosts and tarot readings, according to McNally. This motherfucker's calling us out. Oh, dude. He, he comes after the whole community, man. Yeah, fuck this, dude. Hey, I just want to believe. I need to have something to believe in. There, there's haters all over the place. You yeah. just gotta, gotta know how to fight them. Cancel culture is coming to you, McNally. 
Going to cancel your ass. Yeah, you let him know, Chase. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, McNally. <laughs> Some believe the Hill story was simply a myth in the making, with the supernatural meetings, vulnerable protagonists, and otherworldly journeys that are often the hallmarks of legend. Many point to the stress of being an interracial couple living in a predominantly white state in a turbulent era. The year of their hypnosis was 1964, which marked by Cold War tensions and civil rights unrest, but numerous urban riots erupting that summer. Just a little side note for you guys. You have a biracial couple at a time where obviously it was not easy to be a biracial couple, says Bader. Look what those aliens were. A mixture of black and white. I find that very meaningful. Abductee stories depend on first-hand accounts. The most vulnerable, vulnerable form of evidence. Memories can be distorted by stress or distraction, or even manufactured. When a false memory is in place, psychologists say the brain works to fill in the details. Psychologist Michael Shermer points to patronicity, the tendency to see patterns even when none exist, helping us to see faces in clouds or assuming that one event caused another. Past experience also shapes human perception. Barney, a World War II vet, thought the head gray looked like Hitler and seemed menacing. Betty, meanwhile, who had been excited to see the aliens, bantered with the affable gray who performed her medical exam. That alien even agreed to give her a book to bring to Earth with her, she said, though other crew members would later overrule that decision. Okay? (laughs) He's like... It's like, come on. Here's a book. See if you could decipher this alien language that you've never seen or heard about in your entire life. There are a bunch of circles. Hey, but but just think if she did bring it back. Do you think that our community would have just been like, oh, this, this lady's absolutely insane? Uh, or do you think they would leave her? Oh no, I guarantee if this lady came this lady came back in air quotes with a fucking book in air quotes again, um, there would be a fucking religion made out of it. Look at the Mormons. <laughs> I, I I mean, you're right. Yeah. Proof. Evidence. In this way, alien abduction and encounter stories have helped psychologists understand the human brain, its defects, and the weaknesses inherent in memory and first-hand accounts, according to Christopher French, a psychologist specializing in human experience related to the paranormal. What we see and hear, especially under less-than-ideal observational conditions, can be heavily influenced by our prior beliefs and expectations. The Nightcaps scientific advisor cross-examined the couple and found their account credible. The Air Force's Project Blue Book would ultimately dismiss the story, though, determining the unexplained craft could be explained by natural causes, hinting that the couple hadn't seen a spacecraft but only the planet Jupiter. What? You're fucking kidding me. These guys just totally wrote off an alien abduction by seeing the planet Jupiter, a giant yep. bright light in the sky, and you think it's planet Jupiter? I Jesus guess. Christ. You gotta love the government back in the 60s, dude. They Basically, from the like 1910 until now, the government has just been fucking hilarious. It, you know, they, they had to figure something out. I, I'm surprised the CIA didn't come in. I'm, I'm surprised they weren't part of the MK Ultra whole deal after that it's just fucking ridiculous for his part psychiatrist simon never felt the hills had made up their story he concluded betty had dreamed the abduction and barney had absorbed her story especially since many of the most vivid details match descriptions of dreams betty had jotted down after the event i believe implicitly in the honesty of these people he said on a 70s radio program Of course, another explanation is always possible. The abduction actually occurred. The Hills stuck by their story despite years of skeptics and detractors. Like many abductees, the couple never felt false memory or sleep paralysis explain what they experienced. Betty became a known voice in UFO research and claimed she was visited multiple times in the decades to follow. So, also to be said with this... uh... With this abduction case, uh, there might also be further points of interest and connections. So one of the connections is the Zeta Retu, or my bad, 
Zeta Reticuli system and secret missions like Project Serpo, it is coincidence that this particular mission, if we accept for the moment that it went ahead, occurred in 1964, just three years following the Hills encounter at the time when UFO sightings were rife and seemingly increasing by the year, that a, de- a decade after the alleged meeting with the Evans and the and President Eisenhower, would there be reason a dramatic increase in such sightings and abductions were happening? Is this the contract that President Eisenhower signed with the aliens and basically said, you can't kill our community, but you can come and abduct us and put anal probes in us? Fucking Eisenhower. Leave it to that man. He would be the one to sign something to say, it's totally fine to rape our citizens, just don't kill them. Hey, what, what do you not do when you're when you're faced with laser beams and shit that could kill a country in seconds? You know, I I have to admit that I'm actually happy that that was the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I uh, I this is fucking crazy to me. There is it goes down the whole like I know what I saw. That's true. We had this conversation on previous episodes, like. Even the fucking Lumber Baron in one you're talking about. Hunter and I know what we saw and heard, but you weren't there, so now you have to take that and make your own judgment about it. So I totally Absolutely. see all of this shit going on with all these other psychologists, because there is like, we fucking talked about like six different people who are involved with this story. But, oh, and, and it, it, it's starting to be the case for every single one that we talked about, because unlike ghost stories that we typically tell, in alien abductions or alien sightings, there is such a great community that they would get hundreds of people out there just to decipher it and go through everything. And then you get a hundred different opinions and off of those each opinions, then you start collecting a thousand different opinions. Next thing you know, everyone has their own opinion. And what you really need to look at is the one person that actually went through it. Because, mind you not, there, there's people that have a sick fetish towards the alien abduction. Toward, and then there's the other people that believe they got abducted and something actually happened to them. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to believe that these people actually got abducted or they actually saw aliens and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm still sticking to that. I'm really disappointed that we didn't, that one day leaving the podcast, we saw those lights in the sky. I'm really upset that wasn't a fucking alien deal and that I was, we just saw the Starlink satellite getting sent out to space. Still cool. Yes. But I was really hoping I was aliens. Oh my gosh. But we we would have been famous. We would have been fucking famous, dude. I mean, that, that was right in front of our face, fucking video pictures. It was nuts. It was insane. But when you have shit like this, when... You have when you have the Air Force denying things and saying, "Oh, they were just misunderstood by a giant bright light in the sky as planet Jupiter." Something's up. They fucking know something, dude. Oh, dude, the government definitely knows something, and uh, they will hide it from us until it affects the n- normal human beings. Life. Or, or they're what they're gonna do is they're just gonna use it as a form of fucking control and make us like. Oh, like they just did recently where they released all the fucking documents. Here, go. you can go take a look out of them. Just to distract the public enough from what actually is going on <laughs> in our system these days. It's fucking crazy. Hey, as as much as people think they're stupid, they're not as stupid as everyone thinks. They know what they're doing. They, they just act stupid. Yeah. It, it's insane. And just like the next couple weeks, what we're going to go into... Uh, Alien abductions can go hand-in-hand hand with cryptids, can go hand-in-hand hand with folklore, and it could go hand-in-hand hand with uh, the devil as well as oh. ghost and, and, and the third world. So you guys just put on your seatbelts, expect everything and anything, and we will smack you with it. Oh, I'm going to smack you with the fucking two-inch gang, baby. I'll smack you with that grooslang, baby. Ooh, um, I will say that if you do, this is to every, all the listeners out there. If you do happen to come across an alien incident where you see a UFO in the sky, you see something strange on the ground, or maybe your butthole gets raped by a big fucking metal object in the sky, 
only talk to the people you trust. <laughs> that's us. And that is us because there are scary things out there that we're going to talk about in the next few episodes that you might not want to fuck with. So there's that. I just slapped that puppy right in your face. You know. We're, there, we're all about and, the public service announcements over here at Stuck in this Purgatory, you know? Absolutely. And where you want to send that email is at stuckinthispurgatory at gmail.com. We will answer as quickly as possible. We will take it as sincerely as possible and try to give you the best advice as we can. And maybe you don't have a crazy story. Maybe you haven't been aimlessly raped by a extraterrestrial being or a gray. And uh, you just want to come look at our Instagram or TikTok. Uh, give our Instagram a look. It's at Stuck in this Purgatory. Click on that link tree, and that will send you to all of our links that we have for you guys. And if you guys are like me, and you listen to a, a little too much Blue Oyster Cult, and that, that song, Take Me Away, just really burns in the heart of your soul, then reach out to our email. I am starting a club right now to go UFO uh, searching. And just be prepared to be naked, because if we do see a UFO, you need to be ready to be taken away and anally probed. Yeah, what if they don't know how to work our zippers? Right? I, did you, I just found out that there's little, legitimately a lock on a zipper. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, seriously, I just saw a video on this shit, dude. It's wild. So if the zipper is up or down, it can... Um, I think if it's up or down, it's locked. But if it's straight out, that's when it can zip up and down. No way. Uh, that next time you're wearing jeans, try it out. It, it fucking blows your mind. Uh, and maybe when you figure out how to zip your pants properly and not lock your zipper, you might get stuck out of this purgatory. Yeah, 